the children come Don't dare drive them away And then the kingdom comes Hear the holy foolish things they say The springtime of their life decides The adults they'll become So let the children come Please let the children come Welcome to Children's Bible Journey with stories and songs just for kids. We have a dramatized Bible story coming up, but let's get today's program started by singing praises to our awesome God.
is an awesome way to praise the Lord. We'll do some more singing in a few minutes. Now let's get back to our continuing Bible story from the Bible in Living Sound. General, I commend you for the successful manner in which you conducted the campaign against Jerusalem and Judah. Do you think that the city of Jerusalem should be utterly destroyed, or should it be allowed to remain as it is? There are still quite a few buildings in the city that have not been damaged, and the temple still stands. We are of one mind, Your Majesty. Jerusalem should be destroyed. Only then can we be assured that it shall never again be a thorn in Babylonian flesh. I commission you, General, to complete the destruction and burn the great houses, all of Jerusalem. Uh, may please the king to inform me what to do with the people I may chance to find still in Jerusalem. Well, the officers, the rich, the powerful, if you find any of them, bring them back here. They shall become slaves. But the poor, if there are any left, treat them kindly. Give them charge of the land and houses of the rich on the farms surrounding the city. <laughs> with pleasure, Your Majesty. There is one man left in Jerusalem, General, that I wish you would treat with special respect and consideration. Yes, Your Majesty. Jeremiah, the man we talked about. The one who for years has advised Judah and the people to surrender to us, remember? Indeed I do, Your Majesty. And he is still in Jerusalem, bound with chains in the prison near the royal palace. Loose him from prison and see to it that no harm comes to him. Do unto him even as he shall say unto thee. You are Jeremiah. And you are Nebuzaradan, commander of the Babylonian army. Welcome back to Jerusalem, General. You are here to utterly destroy the city. How did you know? For years, the God of Israel has been warning the people of this very moment, but they refused to heed. I have orders from the great Nebuchadnezzar about thee, Jeremiah. Yes, General. You're to do as you please. If you wish, you may go back to Babylon with me and be assured that you'll be well taken care of and honored. But if you wish to stay here, the entire land is before you. Go where you will. General, I, I think perhaps I should like to go and dwell at Mizpah with Gedaliah, a friend. So shall it be. Captain, his grace, Jeremiah, being in chains for so long, is unable to walk. See to it that he's carried to Mizpah. Uh, the general is very thoughtful and kind. But, sir, I, I should like to get personal friends to carry my master to Mizpah. Permission granted. Is everything out of the palace? And the gold and silver and precious things? Yes, sir. Set fire to it. No king of Judah will ever dwell in that palace again. <laughs> uh, it was such a beautiful building, this temple that Solomon built. It's truly a shame to destroy it. Huh. It was beyond a doubt the most beautiful and well-constructed building in the world. Pillars were of brass. One was 18 cubits high. And the 12 bulls under the base of this huge basin were also brass. We have so much brass, it is impossible to tell the weight of it. And there were all sorts of vessels and bowls of silver and gold.
What is there yet to be done, Captain? Well, sir, I think all the important buildings and houses are set afire, including the temple. There are left only the houses of the poor and parts of the walls of the city. Let the houses of the poor remain, but set the men to breaking down the rest of the walls. Our task is finished here, General. I think His Majesty would be well pleased if he could see how completely we have destroyed Jerusalem. I'm sure of it. Uh, looks like we have quite a few prisoners to take back to Babylon. <laughs> yes, sir. We found a few important men. Uh, let me see now. Uh, there's a chief priest huh? and the royal scribe. <laughs> That's he there. Uh, that, that man, uh, I, I don't know what they call him, but he had charge of all the men of war. Mm. Uh, well, those seven men were close officers to the king himself. And Nebuchadnezzar will be well pleased. <laughs> Isn't this sight beautiful? It's wonderful to be here. Oh, we were poor. Lived like rats in the filth of Jerusalem. Look at us now. We have land, vineyards, sheep. We're rich, rich. Rich. We're without a king, without a country, without a god. Judah is no more. Her people, all except a few fortunate ones like ourselves, are captive slaves in a foreign country. It's their own fault. They should have listened to Jeremiah. Granted, even so, it's a sad state of affairs. Had our kings and leaders listened to the prophets and been true to God, there would still be a Judah. That is true. But let us be thankful for what we have. Without God, we have nothing. The parting of the Red Sea, Joshua's victories over the inhabitants of Canaan, the greatness of David, the wisdom of Solomon. These things mean nothing now to you and to me. Unless we worship the God who did all these wonderful things for Israel. I still say that you... Israel failed, dismal, human failure. But there is a ray of light ahead. God made certain promises to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Moses, David, and yes, even to you and me. Promises? To us? To all Israel, to all his people. God promised these beautiful hills and peaceful valleys as Israel's home. Nebuchadnezzar, yes, a thousand Nebuchadnezzars cannot wreck God's plan. It can only be delayed for a season, but it shall come to pass. We'll continue the Bible story tomorrow, and if you would like to have these stories to listen to at home, you can call the Bible and Living Sound at 1-800-634-0234. That's 1-800-634-0234. Now here's some more music before we have to say goodbye. Just as I am. Just in-
Hello again. This is Kim on my digital voice recorder making a report for health class. The teacher wants us to tell what we did today to stay healthy. Well, here's what I did. I didn't get mad at Alex. Let me explain. Alex loves to make my life miserable. He thinks it's so much fun to tease me about my hair. Okay, my hair is kind of strange. Doesn't really have a color. It's just kind of a bunch of colors all mixed up. My dad says it reminds him of an old car he once had. I hate my hair. So today, Alex walks up to me and says, "Hey Kim, I think I know what color your hair is. It's garbage." I felt myself getting really, really mad. But then I remembered something I learned in health class. Teacher said that getting angry is bad for your health. Your blood pressure goes up, your digestion stops, your heart beats faster than it needs to, and your muscles get tense, all because you're mad. That stress just sits there in your body, making your head hurt. So I had to decide right then and there if I was going to make myself sick or not. I looked right at Alex and said, "I think you're right. My hair is the color of garbage, and that makes me very, very, very special." Then I smiled sweetly and walked away. Wow, not getting mad sure felt good. My heart didn't beat too fast, my digestion kept going, and my blood pressure stayed right where it belonged. I might not love my hair, but I sure love my health. God has given us everything we need to be healthy inside and out. During Creation Week, He established a health plan for every creature on Earth. To learn more about healthy living and about the God who created us all, go to kidsbibleinfo.com. That's kidsbibleinfo.com. This program was brought to you by the Children's Ministries Department of the General Conference of Seventh-day Adventists. I'm just a Yeah.
boys and girls. This is Ms. Kathy. I'm so happy you've joined me today for another story just for you. Chapter 6, A Light in the Night. For several hours, Mr. Vargas drove up the old highway, turning down side roads for a mile or two, then returning to the main road. Sometimes he stopped so Chris, Sammy, and Maria could get out and look down into deep canyons, hoping for a sign of a small black car. Finally, Mr. Vargas pulled off the road and parked in a wide area where people stopped to enjoy the view. Anybody hungry, he asked. Not really, Dad, Chris said in a subdued voice. I don't feel much like eating. It's going to get dark soon, Maria said. Won't we have to go home? We can't see anything anyway. You never know what you'll see, Mr. Vargas said. Let's get out and stretch our legs and eat the sandwiches. It's already after seven, and lunch was a long time ago. Will we go up this road a little farther before we go home, Mr. Vargas? Sammy asked. I'd really like to. We sure will, Mr. Vargas replied. We won't quit until we're convinced they aren't on this road. I told your folks to expect us to be late. Now, while you kids eat, I'm going to contact the other searchers and see if there's any news. While Chris, Sammy, and Maria gathered around a picnic table to eat, Mr. Vargas sat in the car and talked on the CB radio. Soon he joined them. They say, no news is good news, he said. No one has seen anything that even looked like that old black car. Dad, can we go on now, Chris asked softly. It's getting dark, and I want to keep looking as long as we can. Sure, son, Mr. Vargas said, giving Chris a quick hug. I'm concerned, too. I'll drive. You look, and we'll all pray. Then he called to the others, let's go. Be sure to bring all the trash from your food. We don't want to leave anything behind. Mr. Vargas drove slowly on the old winding road. The kids shouted for him to stop often, thinking they saw something important. After each false alarm, they got back into the car a little more discouraged. Maria, who was in the front seat, suddenly yelled, Watch out, Dad! Mr. Vargas slammed on the brakes just in time to keep from hitting some large rocks in the road. The kids jumped out of the car to explore. Look, Sammy shouted, look at all the rocks and dirt on the road. And look at those two big boulders, Maria added. One thing's for sure, nobody could get through this road. That's one big landslide, Mr. Vargas agreed as he joined them. Maria, I'm glad you were helping me watch the road. With these curves and the darkness, it's impossible to see very far ahead. Mr. Vargas, Sammy said in a strange voice. Yes, Sammy. Do you think there would be a farmhouse down there? Sammy was looking over the side of the road, down into the deep canyon. There's something way down there that looks sort of lighted up. That seems funny. Dad, Chris yelled as he joined Sammy. There's another light. Look, you can barely make it out. Wait a minute. Dot, dot, dot. Dash, dash, dash. Dot, dot, dot. Dad, someone is signaling for help. That's SOS. Maybe it's Willie, Sammy said. His voice was tense. Willie, Sammy said. It's got to be Willie. Willie, Willie, he jumped up and down as he hollered. Quick, Chris, Mr. Vargas ordered. Get the flashlight and signal back. If it isn't Willie, it's someone else who needs help. Chris hurried back with a flashlight and began to flash it randomly. What shall I say, he asked. Find out if it's Willie, Maria cried. Chris sent a message several times, but the light below just kept signaling the same SOS call. Maybe, Sammy said, whoever it is can't see your light. Why don't we try the horn, Maria suggested. In the meantime, Mr. Vargas said, I'll get on the radio and let the sheriff know that somebody needs help. Chris reached into the car to get a tablet and a pencil. Here, Sammy, he said, I'll do the sending and you write down the signals. 
if we get any back. Maria, come hold the flashlight for Sammy. Then we can figure it out together. Ryan should see us now. Maybe he wouldn't think the Morse code was such a waste of time. Chris stood by the open car door and pushed on the horn. Honk! Honk, honk! What are you saying? Maria asked as Chris kept pushing the horn. What you said, sis, Chris replied. I'm simply asking who's down there. Sure wish I'd studied the punctuation marks, though. I hope they know I'm asking a question, even with no question mark. Chris continued to repeat his message. Who are you? Who are you? Who are you? Then the SOS from down in the canyon stopped. Dad, Chris said. Everyone could hear the worry in Chris's voice. Be patient, Chris, he said. If that is Willie down there, he doesn't know the code very well yet. Oh, Dad, it's just got to be Willie. Look, Dad said in reply, pointing to a pinpoint of light in the darkness far below. There's your answer coming. The story you have heard today is a chapter of The Shoebox Kids, Book 8, The Rock Slide Rescue, written by Sandy Zaug, edited and created by Jerry D. Thomas, and used with permission from the Pacific Press Publishing Association. If you're interested in any other books published by the Seventh-day Adventist Church, please visit AdventistBookCenter.com or call 1-800-765-6955. This podcast is a production of the Carolina Conference of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. Let the children come. Don't dare drive them away. And then the kingdom comes. Hear the holy foolish things they say. The springtime of their life decides the adults they'll become. So let the children come, please let the children come. Children's Bible Journey was brought to you by 3ABN Australia Radio and is a production of Life Talk Radio at lifetalk.net.